you're just funny. It's you know the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, Jake. Who are you? What's up, folks? Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Episode what? 143? What? This is crazy. Very exciting. Uh, Today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about art. We're going to talk about movies, pulp culture. I mean, anything that comes up. This is very exciting because I love talking with EJ. EJ Nieves is an incredibly talented artist out of Ocala. He's done so much work, not just for the city of Ocala, but surrounding areas, including Orlando and even all the way up to Gainesville, where he did some incredible, incredible murals. That's a tongue twister. Incredible murals for uh, the University of Florida. And you could check him out uh, on social media. I'll leave his links, uh, or excuse me, I'll leave his profiles in the description below, where you could just click it, and it'll bring you right to his uh, his website and his Instagram and all that so you can see his work. But incredibly talented artist. Love talking to EJ. Everyone, please help me welcome EJ Nieves. Everything's kind of moving forward and just trying to kind of figure it out, you know. Um, yeah. Growth is good, but the beginning stages of growth and scaling and risk-taking are always scary um, sure. emotionally, financially. So just kind of trying to keep all my emotions in check, man. That's I love it, it, dude. Well, I mean, <laughs> bro, not for nothing, but it looks like you're uh, you're rocking it. You're on the right track, so. You know, just keep your head, keep your head on a swivel and, you know, keep doing your thing, bro. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. No, dude, thanks for coming on. I Sorry I went with so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. Usually when things like this happen, it's because something amazing is on the other side. Oh, so. I love it. Well, I couldn't agree more with this is going to be an amazing podcast. I don't know what it's going to be about, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah, no, I, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> So uh, a couple things I want to talk to you about. So obviously with your shop and um, the studio, right? Where's that at for people if they want to go check that out? Uh, that's going to be 1523 Northeast 8th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34470. Love it. And for those watching video, I threw up his uh, EJ social media handles. So, you know, check that out. But dude, the studio is looking great. Um, Thank the you. artwork you're doing on TikTok, I'm, I'm loving that by the way. Uh, what do you, what do you see in from like a content standpoint when you're doing these videos? Cause I'm always curious, you know, obviously what, what I do is, you know, I'm in the digital marketing space and obviously things I do on the side with, with my podcast, and my business and stuff is just a bonus. But like for my work, you know, marketing is always our forefront is digital right now. That's where we're pushing. Right. But for you as an artist, I'm kind of, I'm always curious about this stuff because I have a lot of buddies that are artists and it's always interesting to get the perspective of art is not being sold and we'll get to NFTs in a bit, but art right now, at least your art, from what I know, you're using the gallery, you're using the studio. How does that translate if there's an up and coming artist, if they, if they need help or you know, how do you take that content on social media and how do you push them to the gallery? Are you seeing more sales e-commerce wise through your website, through yeah. TikTok? Like it kind of walk me through the process because I'm always curious about how you think about that. You know, I'll say this e-commerce is is very important. Really getting a handle and wrapping your arms around the digital, like the digital side of things, especially now it's, it's, it's very important. So 
I've spent quite a bit of time, you know, it's funny. Um, and, you know, for, for what, what, for what it is, I'm just going to put it this way, all drama aside, because I know there's a lot of heat that uh, Kanye's taking right now. So um, I saw, I just actually watched it twice. So I watched it last night and then I watched it the day it came out, uh, his newest documentary. And I'm just going to be honest, man, he's encouraging me to just kind of say it how it is. And so I'm just going to say it how it is, man. I used to be somebody that was kind of like, you know, hey, I'm just going to smooth out the edges and practice my speech and all this stuff. But I'm just going to say how it is, man. A lot of people, a lot of artists are lacking because they're not really understanding the power of social media. It's it's powerful. And even something, I'm just going to be real, as archaic as Facebook, now known as Meta, um, Facebook on a local level is extremely powerful. Um, and so it's really an artist's responsibility to leverage their online presence to the best of their ability, attack it daily, attack it, you know, as much as possible daily. Everybody's schedule is different. Um, you know, you have things like Hootsuite. I'm sure there's other, you know, I'm old school. So Hootsuite's <laughs> one of those uh, apps from long time ago that people use to schedule out their posts. But anybody in business, artists in particular, because we're visual, you should be putting your work out there two to three times a day in different aspects, whether you're talking about your art, uh, you know, posting pictures of works in progress, the final piece, uh, taking close-up pictures, explaining your art, telling your story over and over and over again. I like to call that the Gary V effect, the Gary V factor. Yeah. You tell you, you tell your story over and over and over again until people are sick and tired of it. Because guess what? When people are sick and tired of your story, that means that they know your story. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have people in your comments saying – Hey, you know, like talk about something different or whatever, then you, that means you're, you are accomplishing your job. You understood your assignment. You, you understand what your story is about. So anyway, I, I would say e-commerce is huge. Build it. It'll take time to build. Mine took about two to three years of solid attacking it daily. Two to three, four, five. I mean, at this moment now, I post about 15 times a day. I am oh, relentless. I'm relentless. I don't stop. Um, I have ton. I at this point with my Instagram of almost forty thousand followers, I get about a hundred followers that leave me a week. So you have to, you have to be relentless because for another for a hundred that leave, another fifty jump on board. It's really one of those things where you just have to, you really just have to be relentless. And I've been relentless now for you know ten years. This is my ten year anniversary as as Ness, nice. and um, so you know. It's one of those things where you have to build it, build a foundation online. You have to because locally, anywhere you are, from the smallest town all the way to L.A. to New York, you have to let people know who you are. And you have to get, you know, in front of strangers. you got to put your work in front of strangers. What better place to do that than the Internet? And, so true. You, know, whether, you know, whether you are paying for ads or whatever, hey, that is a way to do it. You don't necessarily have to do it. I I personally do not do that. In the very, very, very beginning, um, I did a lot of trade outs with uh, social media influencers. You know, that was actually before social media influencing was social media influencing. It was just kind of like, oh, wow, this person has a lot of followers. They didn't really 
call her or him an influencer. You know, they just said, wow, this person has a lot of, you know, a lot of people following him. He must, he, he must have something to say. She must have something to say. So yeah, man. Yeah. yeah that, that's a long winded answer to that. Nah, dude, that's all good shit right there. A lot of good nuggets in there for sure. And then when you, when you talk about, uh, you know, social influencing, uh, when you first collaborated with folks, I'm assuming you just kind of gave them art. You said, Hey, give me yes. a shout out on social oh, media, yep. whatever. Yep. Did um, that, did that go yep. down in the DM? How'd that go? That goes down to the DM, man. Um, and when I very first started, you know, you're talking about year one, three months in, six months in, trying to understand, you know, what it was going to take. Quickly, I realized, first and foremost, you got to you got to believe in your product. You got to whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It can be anything. In my case, it's art. You got to mm-hmm. believe in it. And so I would just I would DM in the very beginning. I was DMing 10 to 20 people a day. And I did that for several months. You know, it was one of those things where it was a copy and paste. I took some time one night. I, I wrote out a script. Hey, my name's EJ Nieves, a.k.a. Ness. This is my story. You know, I know that you have a lot of followers. I don't have any money for you. The only thing that I have for you is artwork. You could take a look at my available pieces online. Pick yourself out one. I'll ship it out for free. The only thing I ask is that you shout me out. And I did that, man. I did that for a couple months, every day, 10 to 20 DMs, you know, through hashtagging, uh, art, uh, dope art, comic book. In the very beginning, my artistry took the form of pop culture, anime, and comic book art. So those, those hashtags were very important to me. I would hashtag, I would look for, you know, influencers at the time, 10, 20, 30, 40, 100,000 followers knowing that if I can get a piece of my artwork in their hand, then they would shout it out and I'd get get them a free piece. Well, and, you know, it's kind of like it was good timing too, right? Because, I mean, that's when, like, comic book movies really started popping. The comic book culture, and we talked about this last time you were on the show, but that comic book culture was not a thing. I mean, it was not mainstream. You know, like, you you would, if you go to a comic book shop or if you ordered something online, like, you didn't post about it or tell your friends. (laughs) Like, he kept that that going. But now it's like, you know, if you, if you don't see the new Batman, like you're a loser, like that's how. Oh, I know, man. It's It's crazy. And um, I have, I love having that particular conversation because it truly has changed. And even for me, man, like I was a super nerd. Okay. So uh, you're talking Magic the Gathering. I didn't get into Pokemon. Um, I I love the aesthetic of Magic the Gathering, you know, real gritty and orcs and, you know, whatever and magic and. Imagination. That's, that's, that was the cool thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I was in the Magic the Gathering. Um, I was into tabletop gaming. So uh, Warhammer 40K. Oh, yeah. I was into that. I just didn't, you know, I was a kid. So I didn't have Pogs money, and shit. a lot of money. So, you know, to be able to buy those little figures, man, you'd have to, in order to get like a nice, sufficient army to actually make some waves, you'd have to drop about $1,500. I, I was a kid. I didn't have that. So anyway, so I stopped doing that. But, you know, when I was a kid, you didn't really talk about it. If you talked about it, you got beat up. Yeah, you know, I know exactly. that, you know, of course, that's horrible, you know, and the, sure. I never condone bullying. I wasn't one doing that to people, but it just sucked that, you know, back when I was a kid, you talked about comic books, you talked about Batman, you talked about Pokemon, you know, girls wouldn't like you and boys mm-hmm. would be like, what are you, you're, you're, you know, you're a geek. And it was yeah. weird. That's not like that at all now, but yeah, it is, it is, it is crazy, right? Because I mean, we do that a lot um, as a culture where we uh, 
one thing is acceptable and yep. then somehow whether it's generationally or generationally where it changes or you know it's it's uh movies make it cool or a couple influencers make it cool something happens in our culture where we gravitate in an opposite way you know it, it obviously happens a lot with language right yeah. there's a lot of words that you can't say now that you could say 20 years ago um there's things you could wear during certain times that you know now you can't and then of course you know comic books and all that stuff to where you know yeah back then you're right girls didn't really talk to you but now you go to a high school or even you know a middle school or something like that and there's girls like hot chicks that are geeks <laughs> and you're like yeah and i don't mean hot because you know I'm, I'm married i'm 36 i'm not trying to be a creep but I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. you know, if you're a guy out there, even if you're a girl, you can't admit that something's in the water because I drive past middle schools and I'm like, this is not, this is not okay. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what? Something's happened to where it, maybe it was a combination of like the geek culture got popular and then, you yep. know, everyone's on social media and they're talking about makeup tutorials and the Kardashians blowing things up. And, you know, maybe it comes down to a combination of like, women want to appeal more towards all men, but they also yeah. want to look good in the process. And, you know, I think just women and, and, uh, and men in particular are growing up wanting to maybe take care of themselves a little bit more, be attracted to the opposite sex or the same sex, whatever you're into, but yeah. maybe that's all part of it. And it's all combined, but it's just interesting how it all kind of happened within like 20 years. I know. You know, you like know, it's not like yeah. it was a slow like thing where we're we're grandparents and we're telling our oh back in the day you remember when comic <laughs> books were, like it was twenty years ago it was not that long ago. No, not at all. And I've been doing uh, comic conventions for about ten years now. I mean, you figure I've been doing it. Yeah, I've been doing it as long as Ness has been Ness since I've been starting comic book conventions. And I did it. I I started a decade ago. And I will tell you that even a decade ago. You, you didn't really see a lot of, which this is crazy to even talk about. You didn't really see a lot of cosplayers because even mm. 10 years ago, the cosplayers were looked upon as like the nerds of the comic culture. Even though comic culture was becoming popular, you would look at somebody dressed up as Wonder Woman or Batman and then you'd be like, um, bro, like you're taking it too far, you know, like right. the, the movie's cool, but, but you're taking it too far. And, and now whether you're a woman or a man, it doesn't matter. Um, the concept of cosplaying now has bled into, uh, modeling. Mm -hmm. It's, it's bled into, you know, I mean, pop culture and it, it, it really, that in itself is actually very, um, powerful conversation in regards to, um, you know, over-sexualizing things and pop culture and, and how something can become popular that wasn't popular. Yeah. It's a very powerful conversation because now, you know, you have guys and girls that are out there, you know, taking how they feel a character should look like and, and they, you know, they're putting it out into the mainstream however they feel they want to do it. And um, it, yeah. it's just, it's in 10 years time, I have personally seen it go from, whoa, you're taking it too far to a girl or a guy, you know, dressing up as a character and being able to accumulate a half a million followers on social media because 
of how character. they represent that character. It's crazy. It's crazy. It, it is wild. And it's even more interesting because here's what's even more annoying is I don't, obviously no one saw this coming, but it's so weird that you look at where we're at now with society, culture, social media in particular, and what you're able to do on your own to make a living. And whether that's making yep. six figures or making just enough to pay the bills, I think we could both agree that as long as you do what you love, that's what's important. And yep. it's, it's amazing now that that is more true than I think it ever has been in the history of humanity. You know, back back in the day, yeah, when we grew up, they're like, oh, you could do whatever you want. You know, the American dream, be what you want to be. That wasn't really true. Yep. You know, you could be what you wanted to be, but it might not pay the bills. Yep. Um, and paying the bills, whether you're materialistic or not, is irrelevant. You got to pay the bills to live, right? It's like oxygen. Yep. You need money. That whole like, you know, you're only going to be happy if, you know, if you only have money. It's kind of true. Because if you're yep. broke and you can't pay the bills and your family's in disarray and, you know, you're going to have some problems. Yeah. So I think money is the key. And now more than ever, we as you know humans have the ability to make as much money as we can based off what we like to do. Because thank goodness, because of social media, you can, you know, put out your creativity. And if you have value that people like, you can make a good living. Um, yeah. And it's a weird time because it's it's now true. Now it's actually factual where you don't have to go to college if you don't want to. You don't have to study business administration for four years and yep. listen through calculus speeches. You can just go on TikTok and be a cosplayer yep. and put your own spin on it. And you might get some sponsorships. And, you know, who knows? Is that job title going to be around for five years? Probably not. But you're doing what you love to do and you're getting paid for it. And that's the key. Yeah, I think now uh, the biggest, I think the biggest piece of the puzzle that's being missed is financial literacy. Because, okay, mm. cool, you can make all, well, there, there's a couple. I'll say this, financial literacy and longevity. Anybody right now that, that's funny or witty or artistically inclined, you can come up with something and it can pop for a little bit. You can get your 50000 you can get your half a million whatever it looks like right you can get that but at the end of the day when you get that sponsorship when you get that that first bag if you will that first bag of cash when you get that first pop i i always wonder what they do with it are mm -hmm. they financially literate enough to take that sponsorship and do what they got to do with it to let it stretch are they going to take that bag and and make it stretch or, you know, are they gonna are they gonna squander it? And I think yep. that's what we're kind of dealing with now is that just like back in the nineties, right? And even the eighties, you had these one hit wonders. I think what we're also seeing now is this influx of one hit wonder influ influencership, if you will. Um, we saw it in the music industry. You know, somebody comes out with an amazing song, it, it hits number one on the charts. Next thing you know, you never hear from them again. Right. And I think what that is creating, it's creating this almost like very weird thing where people want to be famous, but they don't know what to do with it. Right. And, and because so many people are making it look like it's obtainable, you know, you are, you know, Joe Blow from, I don't know, I don't know, the, the Midwest and some farm, right? 
or you're a Joe Blow from Ocala, Florida, you know, me or whatever, and you are artistically inclined, you can sing, you can do whatever. And the next thing you know, in six months time, you get blue checked, you mm-hmm. know, on TikTok, you think you made it, but the reality is you didn't make it. You just, it was all about the clout. That blue check only signifies that you were hot for a season. You know, right. what are you going to do five years from now, 10 years from now? So I think we are in a dire straits kind of season of life in our society where everybody wants to be famous, but people in general, as a whole, I don't think a lot of people have the grit and the tenacity and the, and, and the forward progressive nature within their soul and their heart of hearts for the longevity that it takes to consistently pop. That's to right. consistently be famous, if you will, or to consistently be relevant. And, and that's dangerous for people. Yeah. And you know what a lot of that is, too, and I, I think you're 100% right. A lot of that is not necessarily the people themselves because, again, the problem is, you know, where all this stuff is happening so quick. I mean, Facebook came out 20 years ago. I know. Crazy. Instagram came out maybe 10, 11 years ago, something like that. Yep. That's when Facebook bought them or Meta. I got I got to yeah. get back to saying that. <laughs> but Meta ended up buying Instagram, but it's happening right now. Like if you made a lot of money as an influencer on Instagram, you're making less money now because Instagram is not as successful as it was 5 years ago from a sponsorship standpoint, right? Because people yep. are gravitating more towards TikTok, and then in 5 yep. years TikTok is probably going to be irrelevant and something new will come out. So it, it's happening as we speak, and the people that are now starting to see Instagram plop a little bit, and that's how you made your money, I think you're, you nailed it right on the head, is they don't have the literacy to kind of figure out what to do with what yeah. they made. And yep. a lot of that also has to do, laterally to that, has to do with our ability to want new things. Yep. We want the new iPhone. We want the new house. You know, we want uh, the new this, the new that. All the uh, influencers out there, like the Kardashians of the world, and you know, you look at all these folks that I want the new makeup line, I want the new coach bag, like, you know, I want all this new stuff. And you pair that with irresponsibility to save money. Yep. We're gonna have a problem. And yeah. then you top off the fact of if you are making money only solely based off influencing, and Instagram turns into like a Snapchat. Yep. Now you're screwed. Now you don't have a, a paycheck coming in. And we have to get to the point, and you know, this is one thing why I invested into real estate is you have to get to the point where it's a short-term sacrifice for long-term laziness. Yeah. Where you have to really work hard to make as much money as you can and then stack that money away, pretend like it doesn't exist. And almost like I trained myself a long time ago when I bought my first property is train myself that the government told me, hey, Tony, you're going from paying 7% tax to 14% tax. So the whole 10% to your paycheck and put that in saving is very accurate, but I hate to say savings. I put it in an account where I don't have a debit card or anything linked up to it. And I can't even, I would have to physically go into the bank to pull money. And that's where I put a lot of my, my quote unquote savings. I don't put it in a checking account and savings linked because then you could do the whole transfer bullshit. Where it's yep. like, oh, let me put a little bit of money in checking. From, <laughs> like I put in a Wells Fargo account that I haven't even like walked into. And the reason yeah. I do that is because I know eventually something's going to happen to where I'm going to want those savings. And I want it literally for a rainy day. But the reason I, I say put 
um, away instead of that 7% taxes. What if the government tomorrow tells us, we know you paid X amount of dollars for taxes, we're going to have to double that this year. Now you're going to pay 20% yeah. taxes. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to have to yeah. figure out a way to pay it. Like your job's not going to give you a raise. Yeah. So really you could afford to save a little bit more money, to not spend as much money, but we're just caught in that habit of, I want this, I want this. And that's where the irresponsibility comes in, I think. So we're putting all this in a pot, okay? So everything you just shared, then you take, you know, the ebb and flow and the fall and rise of an influencer and our society being the way you just shared that we always want the new thing. We always want, we always want to be up with the Joneses. We always, we always want to make sure that we are, that we look good when we're out and about and however that looks like, whether it's clothing, newest technology, newest headphones, whatever, you know, when that fall comes, because not every influencer is going to make it. I, I need to, I'm sure there's research out there at this point that shows the probability of somebody, at, you know, actually making a sustainable living yep. for 10 to 25 years. Let's just put it that way. Maybe it might take another 10 years um, to get this kind of research. But what, what I'm trying to get at is that everything you just shared financially mixed with the emotional aspect of, of many people not being able to handle, well, I was an influencer. I had a makeup, you know, like I was sponsored by a makeup line. They found somebody that was prettier. They found somebody that was taller. If it's a guy they found somebody that was more handsome, they found somebody that had, you know, an eight pack instead of a six pack, you know, whatever. And then you're, you're back to an accountant job. You're, you know, you're back to being the school teacher. You're back to being the barista at Starbucks, you know, and then the, the mental state that that comes with of being like, I can't handle this. I was in the limelight and now I'm back to serving, you know, white chocolate mochas, you know, like I can't handle that. And I think you put all that together and we're, we're living in a very dangerous time. And I don't think that we're really talking about it. Like as a society, we're not talking about it whatsoever. No, and very dangerous. My prayer is that in the midst of all of this craziness, somehow, some way, we are pulling empathy into this. We're pulling grace into this. We're pulling love into this. Because I hate to put it this way, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. We're <laughs> gonna get to a point where a lot of us that are in our 20s and 30s. We're going to be 50, 60, 70 years old in the deepest depressions of our life because we sacrificed everything to make it. We don't have a family. We don't have children. We don't have a house. We don't have anything to show for this sacrifice that the media showed us we can obtain. But like we sacrificed 15 years of our life for what? Yeah. And I don't think that we're going to see the fruition of this until people that are our age are in our 60s and 70s. It's going to be crazy, bro. And and I'm praying that by then, you know, people kind of have a come into Jesus moment and they say, man, like, I get it. That looked good. Everything that glitters isn't gold. Maybe I don't need to be famous. Maybe I don't need to be the prettiest girl in the room. Maybe I don't need to be the most handsome guy at the beach, you know? Maybe, maybe it is that we're just supposed to live this life to love one another, to find that person that, that makes us feel 
amazing. We might rate, we might raise some kids or we might raise some dogs or whatever. And I'm happy. And I think that contentment as a, as a society, we need to be talking more about contentment and love more than ever, man, because we, a lot of us are, we're just trying to make it bro. And a lot of us are, I mean, I'm guilty. I'm 38. I'm 37. Going to be 38 years old. I'm still single, no kids, never married. And there's a lot of people like me. And it's like, man, like I, I would hate to be in my fifties or sixties in this same position because I made the decision to just run towards fortune, run towards being known worldwide That's right. to just, you know, fall on my face. And, I, and I'm talking for me and I'm talking for anybody else, right? And in this position, I'm, I'm speaking candidly and in, in a raw state right now, because as I'm talking with you, I'm realizing that that's the plight of a lot of us, man. And I'm praying for all of us to, we got to figure it out sooner than later, man, because we're only getting, we're only getting older. We're not getting younger. Bro. And it's, that's so true what you said too about uh, literally everything, because <laughs> it, it is kind of scary the fact that we're not we're not thinking so far ahead and we're not having the conversation enough about um, you know long and I think a lot I don't know if that's I hate to blame social media so much because it's given us so many things I think a yeah. lot of it has to do with the educational system you know if you look sure. at the educational system it's been the same for decades yep. um, it hasn't changed the subject matter hasn't changed. Aside from colleges occasionally and universities that might implement a little bit of AI technology or, you know, digital marketing, things like that. But really, what are we teaching our kids um, from, you know, preschool all the way to high school and college? And I don't know about you, but I made the most money in my life uh, with real estate. And I wasn't able to do that based off what I learned in school. Yeah. Um, the most money I've made in a, in a job is based off the experience I learned from other jobs. Well, I didn't get yeah. a degree. So yeah, it makes me kind of curious and a little terrified that I'm not the only one by any means. In, in fact, I would say the vast majority of humans are learning more of their experience from real life circumstances versus what they learn between four walls at a school. And I think that's a problem. I think it's a problem because you and I pay our taxes based off the school. Yeah. And worse than that, I don't know if you know this, but schools themselves get a better budget based off real estate around that county. Wow. Meaning if you're in a real estate or excuse me, if you're in a, um, a county that has, uh, you know, higher comps in the area. So where your house, the housing market, let's say it's half a million dollars for your house. Mm-hmm. Obviously the schools in that county are going to have a bigger budget teachers are going to have a bigger budget versus you go to like, you know, poor communities where houses are caged up and they're going for 50, 70, a hundred thousand dollars for those houses. Those are poor communities. So the counties, because they're not getting a lot of money from the taxpayer in those poor communities, the schools suffer because it's free education, which means the teachers there have to pay for their own supplies. So that's a problem because If you live in a poor community, it's not your fault. You were raised there, you're born there, you're born in that poor community. Not only are you born in that poor community, now you're going to the shittiest school in the community, in the county, maybe even in the city. Then you raise up into every single school that's shitty. You're not getting a good education. 
and you're surrounded by just bad environments. So that's a bad hand. Like you, you're at a blackjack table and you got a really bad hand. Now, how do you get out of that? Well, you think you get out of that based off of the education, right? But if you're getting a poor education, then how are you going to save money down the road? How are you going to start a family? How are you going to have a 401k? How are you going to start a business and be successful? You know, so it's kind of terrifying, man, that we've been doing this little show and dance for quite some time. Yeah. And it, it almost seems kind of obvious, right? Like if you fix the poor areas, then the school is going to be better. Now we can invest more money into schools. Yes. Once we have more money into schools, now everyone else is going to be raised as better humans. Yes. And the country is going to survive. Like it's going to thrive. It's just, it's kind yeah, of crazy and, how, how we get set up for failure essentially from the get in a lot and of places. I, and, I, and I believe that's why um, I, I don't want to put, this is a, this is definitely a, a tough convo. Um, a good one. It's a good one. It's a beautiful one. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's one is one that has a lot of uh, streams and rivers, right? Um, this conversation can go in a lot of different directions. I, I will say this, though. That's why the conversations that we're having right now, that's why it's so important for us to have it. That's why this is the other side, right? This is the the bright side of the moon, if you will, for social media. This is where you know, these conversations, however it needs to happen, whether we find sponsors or it just hits an algorithm that just, you know, sets on fire, um, conversations like this need to be placed in the forefront. And not just because it's Tony or EJ, it's because these two human beings are having this discussion. Right. And other human beings need to be in this digital room, if you will, whether yeah. people are commenting on YouTube, whether this conversation, you know, is put on Facebook and the comment threads are going crazy. This is the bright side of the moon for social media. This is the side that, you know, I'm just going to be honest, like whether it's the girls and the guys that are half naked or whatever's happening on that side, you know, like the crazy video, the, the cat videos and, mm-hmm. and this, the, all the stuff that, that's on the other side of the moon, right? Which I'm not judging any of that, but what I'm saying is through all of that though, there has to be this sense that there's people out here that are saying very profound things that quite frankly are affecting, could possibly be affecting us or our children, yeah. especially our children. You know, and there's people right now watching this and they may be in those communities or they may have a friend that their child is are in those communities. That's what I'm talking about. We about earlier, we need to have empathy. Yeah. Like there has to be some sense of love and compassion and empathy to say, fine, I am not, I am not in that situation. I, I live in a $379,000 home. Okay. And, and my kid goes to an A plus school and you know they're on the soccer team and in the summer they do travel league and and all that great Mm -hmm. stuff i I am not judging any of that but what i'm saying is okay you're a family might be in that position that has extra how how can i help out just a little bit right and and i'm not i'm just gonna say it you know i'm not trying to get political you know maybe some people might think oh you're going into socialism that's not i'm not going in that direction what i'm saying is 
is that as a society, we should be showing love to one another. And sometimes love does look like building a bridge for yeah. those that might not be successful to help build that bridge. I'm not saying to just dump money in a family household. I'm saying dump money in the bridge. That's right. Dump money in the program. Dump money to teach people how to fish. Just don't give somebody a fish. Teach right. them how to fish. And, you know, not only that, but socialism, again, this is a word that, any word, really. This is where I go back to, like, we just change words. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get canceled, so I won't mention a few yeah. words but there's a word there's a words that well, you just can't say anymore right and yeah. there's also words that even though we invented all the words and this word socialism and all where let's just dump money and and help people that are not privileged and let's just do that yeah. by the way if you don't want to do that you're doing that already by paying taxes yeah. that's yeah. what you're doing you're dumping money into something that you don't even know where it goes to a lot of it's sure. going to schools, a lot of it's going to fix the roads and blah, 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 bullshit. But also a lot of it is going to pay, you know, dumbasses in Washington that aren't really doing anything. And I would say that you got to think to yourself, the amount of money that we do spend and what you do on a daily basis and what you're given and the privilege you're given, isn't the whole idea of this crazy world to expand our civilization and help the human race like down the line, hundred years from now, because imagine if our ancestors way back in the day were carrying, you know, our great 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 great, and they got a, they're cavemen and women, and the cave the cave women is getting dragged by the fucking hair, and the uh, little, little babies outrunning a saber tooth tiger, and all that's <laughs> happening, and eventually that caveman thought to himself. I cannot wait until the day to where I could just sit in four rooms and not do anything and not be terrified of saber-toothed tigers. And the only way that that happened was him and his tribe got together and decided they wanted a better human race. They wanted a better future for themselves. They didn't think to themselves, well, let's just go ahead and do this for today. No, they thought, I want a better future for my family. Yeah, That's always been our driving force. Evolution's taught us that, right? And... Why aren't we thinking that now? Why do we not think if we help out the county that's right next to us that's doing shitty or if we help out the other person on the other side of the phone on social media and we collaborate with each other and we help each other, we're all going to be better. And if we're all better, then yeah. you're not going to be scared to go to the bad side of the tracks anymore because exactly. there there's not going to be a bad side of the tracks. It's all going to be exactly. good. Like there's no downfall to it. Like if, if we're playing a football game and this is the Super Bowl and it's human being versus human being this is a game where you want to tie like you know yeah. we we want to work together we don't want to we don't want to compete against each other and sometimes it feels like we're competing a lot and it's so yeah. crazy because you're trying to do your own thing and you're trying to be positive because everyone's got their own shit going on and sometimes it's hard to get motivated to be empathetic and be motivating with other people but yeah i think the more you work on it and the more you could strive to be better and to treat other people better and to help each other grow, I don't ever think there's a downfall. I don't think there's ever been a story where I can think of to where, you know, you help a old woman across the street and you get hit by the truck. I don't know if there's ever been a story like that, like metaphorically yeah. speaking, right? 
I yeah, just, no, for sure. I just don't know if that's the case. I think there's always been a positive ROI in, in helping people. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think we talked about this the first time I was on the show because um, it might have been fresh, fresher in, in the atmosphere when, you know, our boy Ben uh, Mandum, he shot a video of mine uh, called Bill Bridges Not Kingdoms. That's right. And, you know, that's exactly that's exactly what Bill Bridges Our Kingdom is about, what you were sharing in regards to, you know, helping others so that there's no bad side of the tracks. Um, it's just, um, we're at a place now where we, we first and foremost have to take responsibility for ourselves. That's for sure. We have to take responsibility for our family, um, our household, make sure that we are good. And then after that, I do think that there's a part of humanity that, after you've taken some time and you've been a good steward and you're continuing being a good steward of your household and your family, you know, open the door and, and look down your street a little bit, you know, open your door and, and maybe go for a walk and pay attention to your neighbors and just That's see right. how they're doing, you know, and um, metaphorically speaking, I think that we all need to open the door when we're ready, when, you know, because we should I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to charge everybody, encourage everybody. If you're not ready, if, you, if you're not being a good steward of your life, get on it. You know, <laughs> like, do it. we have a responsibility to be the best human beings that we can be. So first and foremost, get on that. Right. Let's do that in love and compassion. And then once you're ready, open that door, go for a walk. Metaphorically speaking, go for a walk in your community and see where you can help. How can That's you right. help? Because all of us have different passions man that you know i don't want to sit here and start preaching and stuff but like we were created with purpose we were created with a gift tony you have passions and desires that are not inside of me i have passions and desires that are not inside of you that's a great thing that means that we are two different people that are living this life and you're going to be able to affect change i'm going to be able to affect change both of us for the better and then guess what we collaborate when we're on a platform like this. That's right. And everybody has their platforms to collaborate. I think that's where we're at. I think yeah. in the year 2022, you know, yes, we're still in the midst of a pandemic, all that stuff. We're whatever. Hey, we, we should be at a place now where we look around and we say, how can I help my fellow man? How? That's right. How? You know? There's so many ways to do it too. And, yes. and I got to tell you too, um, I mean, no true words have been said because collaborating is not just huge for, you know, you and I personally, but the, the, some of the best life experience that I've, I've had is collaborating with other folks and learning yeah. different aspects of things. And I think that's more valuable than any college education I can get because that's real life. That's human beings, you know, the, Amen. the ability to interact with people and to learn from each other is you know, I've learned so many different things from different people that I would never even think that I want to learn. But, you know, you have yeah. these type of conversations and you're just like, well, now I'm passionate about this. Like, if you ever sit back in a room and think to yourself, man, I don't know what to do with my life. An easy practice. Yeah. We'll let that pass. Yeah. <laughs> but if you ever like not, you know, if you don't know what to do with your life, the best way to kind of figure out your meaning in life is to talk to other people. 
in my opinion, yes. or self-reflect. But sometimes self-reflecting can be challenging if you don't have the mental capacity. But the yes. best way I think is is to talk with people and to figure out pros and cons and you know get with people that are good at something and get with people that suck at stuff. Because yep. I think by talking to a lot of people, you're going to learn a lot of different different things that you're not and that you are passionate about. Yeah, so that's good. It is kind of funky, though, that content itself has all these positives and a lot of pros. But then there's yeah. also, you know, there's some cons, too, right? Because there's, you know, you see cancel culture that's going crazy. And this is, I want to touch base a little bit on this. I don't know how your feelings on it, but... It's just kind of so interesting to me that we spend so much energy as a society because all the things that we talked about, I think, are pretty valuable. But then we could do a lot more of that as humans. But instead, yeah. some of us decide that we want to attack other people for whatever reason. And I don't know. I've never been um, I've never been the person that even though I've never been called a derogatory name because I'm, you know, I guess I'm fortunate, white privilege, I suppose, uh, that I no one's really called me, aside from short, I'm not offended by anything. But even if I was, I just wasn't the person that, I'm, not, I'm just not offended. And yeah. I don't know if that's because I'm stronger. I don't think that's the case. I just think I learned a long time ago that whatever you say to me doesn't affect my life. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what you do, even if you're my wife or my spouse. Yeah, if, yeah. if you don't want me to do this podcast, wife, and she's behind me, that's <laughs> kind of on her. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I want to do, and hopefully she's supportive enough to let me do it, right? And vice yeah. versa. If she wants to do something, I'm not going to tell her not to do her passion. So the, the, the point there, though, is why do, we, why do we think that we can attack people? If, you know, like Louis C.K. is a good example. Because... There was a small group of people, comedian Louis C.K., that you thought it was it was wrong that he uh, decided to masturbate onto people. People didn't like that, and rightfully so. He probably shouldn't do that. However, he asked for permission. Someone said, yes, go ahead. He did it. And then years later, he got reamed out for it. And now I don't get a chance to see Louis C.K. do stand-up anymore. Yeah. So I'm a little, you know, my ass hurts a little bit because I'm like, what's going on? Like, just because that person didn't affect you, didn't commit a crime, but there was a small group of people that got together and said, you know what? We should just write a bunch of articles and bash Louis C.K. until he gets canceled. You know, like yeah. it's, it's happening with Joe Rogan right now, right? It's happening with so many other influencers and actors and actresses. And it's just so weird that if there was no media... Um, we wouldn't be in this situation because you wouldn't know this is going on. And if something happens in my life that I didn't like or something happens to my wife that I didn't like, we would deal with it ourselves. Yes. But because these poor folks are under the radar all the time, now their lives get ruined. And it's kind of crazy because why, why isn't the news talking more about what we're talking about? Why aren't they talking about the school system being shitty and the crime in the world and cops not getting paid enough and cops not getting trained enough. And they're being shitty cops. They're being good cops. They're being shitty people, bad people, criminals, non-criminals. Like that's yeah. the type of shit I want to hear from the news. I don't need to know what the hell's going on with Kanye West. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, what's your thoughts? You about know, that? man, 
they're all good topics, you know, and then I actually, it, it's funny because somebody, so I, I posted on Facebook uh, and cancel culture. Uh, I saw and that. Somebody That's why I wanted like, to well, talk about it today. <laughs> then, you know, somebody commented, well, isn't that cancel culture? Um, and, okay, true, you know, touche. But I think, you know, at, to me, you know, cancel culture as a, as a Goliath, if you will, is something that I, I do not see any positive, loving, empathetic ROI, you know, return on investment from canceling anybody. Um, so with that being said, okay, it might be uh, what, like an oxymoron or hypocritical, I don't know, however you want to put it, to end the cancel culture because it's technically canceling cancel culture. Right. But to me, the concept of cancel culture should most certainly be canceled. True. You know, uh, because at the end, at the end of it, somebody's hurting. Yes, I can see where somebody can make the point that they're canceling a criminal or they're canceling. I, okay, I get that. So I want to make right. sure that I say that as well. But what I'm saying is, is that for me, I'm just going to put myself on on front street. We should be loving everybody. Okay. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying for the criminal to run free. I'm not saying for the murderer to run free. I'm not talking about anybody running free that needs to be in trouble. What I'm saying is even if they are in trouble, these people should still be loved in a way that's like, hey, like you did wrong, man. You know, yes, you're behind bars or whatever your consequence is. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, in society, my belief system my foundational core is that we should be loving everybody and understanding everybody's heart again i'm not saying that you love somebody to allow them to run rampant in a toxic environment in your life or to create toxic parameters and things in your life and and just have a field day that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is as a society the energy that we expound that has been expounded on canceling people, what if we expounded the same kind of energy in trying to understand people, trying to love people, trying to see, okay, well, where did that come from? Or, man, that was 10 years ago. Is Ija the same person from 10 years ago? Or or did he change? And, and, you know, I, I remember, you know, things with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy you know, tweets oh, yeah. that came back from like 10 years ago. Okay. Well, look at like, like, Ke- like Kevin Hart couldn't host the Oscars because of that exactly. tweet he sent out Kevin so long Hart. ago. Yeah. Man. And so again, we are, we are two people sharing our thoughts on this and there could be easily another two people in this world of, of people that'll be like, well, EJ and Tony are wrong. Okay, cool. If Maybe. you think that we're wrong, Let's have a conversation then. Yeah, let's talk Let, about it. Let's have let's have a good conversation, not a you know, not a screaming. I'm not going to scream. I'm not, not going to yell. Not I'm a not... Facebook conversation either. Exactly. <laughs> like let let's have a for real conversation. Yeah. Uh, facts. Let's you know. And so yeah, man. It's it's. I don't I don't believe in it. I, I wish that our society spent the energy that we're spending to end people, cancel people, um, understanding it and. And, and then also, it's just it's easy for anybody, a 12-year-old to a 47-year-old, to make a meme and put it on social media mm-hmm. and add fuel to the fire. You know, like, it's, it's easy to do that. 
I've been guilty of that at times with certain things, maybe not cancel culture, but other things. Like, I get it, it's human nature. But I just think as a whole, I just wish... I just wish that we showed more empathy, man. I just wish we did. I know. Yeah, it's it, it's shitty. I mean, there even uh, you know Ricky Gervais has a great bit about. Uh, do you know who that is, Ricky Gervais? No. He's um he's the comedian that started The Office in the UK. Okay. He's got a show called okay. The Afterlife on Netflix. Um, okay. Really funny stand-up comedian uh but yeah you should check him out but ricky gervais he has this uh, great stand-up special called humanity and it's on netflix check it out but in that i believe is the special uh i'm paraphrasing of course i don't mean to butcher the bit but he pretty much says cancel culture is like when you send out a mean tweet and you know i send out a tweet and john doesn't like it and he responds back that's bullshit i can't believe you you know you're saying that you should be removed from Twitter. That's exactly like someone hanging up a poster that says guitar lessons, call Tony. And then someone walking by saying guitar lessons, that's stupid. You shouldn't do that. And rips it off the corkboard. That's exactly yeah. what cancel culture is because you're trying to cancel somebody that's saying something to a vast, you know, a huge population of people. Some people are going to yes. hate it. Some people are going to like it. You shouldn't really cancel people because of that, you know, because you don't agree with certain views or what they say or didn't say because it's irrelevant. Again, it's not affecting your day-to-day -day life. Um, we need to stop yeah. being offended by what other people are saying and just focus on ourselves. And I think everything else will happen. You know, I love what you said you know, about, yeah. I love what you said about the community because I've always believed strongly that you're never going to fix the world, but you could fix your block. Like and that. if you just fix your block and focus on your community, your neighbors and your circle of friends, um, I think everything will be fine. And if everybody did that, that block will turn into the world. But we all have to be on the same page. That. Yeah. Yeah. You, can, and you could take you know, that. You could steal that. It's all yours. No, I like that. I like that a lot. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll share one last thing on cancel culture because, you know, you brought up a, a great point when you were talking about, um, you know, the, the ripping down of the guitar lessons uh, flyer. You know, I, I think, too, what it is, because what I immediately go to is somebody right now on my Facebook page could try to cancel me because I talk about God and I talk about Jesus a lot and my relationship with him. And my thought to that would be, okay, this is my Facebook page. Uh, you know, when you enter my page, well, and even on Facebook, you have the ability to unfollow. You don't need to become, to not unfriend. Right. You can unfollow. So there's actually a lot of people that I have unfollowed, um, which is fine, whatever. I'm not going to unfriend you, but hey, you know, I'm not going to cancel you either. I'm not going to cancel you we're still Facebook friends. It's just whatever. So what I'm saying is it's like, it's interesting how somebody will get offended or could get offended by my page, but that's my page. So you essentially are saying I am not, I am in the privacy of my house. I am in the privacy of my piece of technology. I am on your page. So because I feel a connection to my piece of technology, which I feel is 
like 100% mine and you are on my piece of technology, I don't want to see you. So I'm going to cancel you. That's crazy because it, that makes absolutely no sense. There's a, it's like a, a, a skewing of ownership. Mm. People are like, you, you are a factor of my life. That's right. And then, so, so what I see is, is that cancel culture is a group of people saying you are a factor of our group that needs to be canceled. That's right. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy to me. It's madness. So yeah, I don't believe in it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. And it's even more crazy that people spend time doing that when they could spend time making the world a better place. Like there's so many people out there that, you know, I don't think, and who am I to tell you how to spend your time? I'm just saying it done. It, it's common sense to figure out how we should be spending our time, right? Like I know. you, you I know. probably shouldn't be spending your time trolling, making fun of people. I mean, what's the difference between that person and a bully at, at middle school, right? There's no per, there's no difference between the same person that is trying to cancel you on social media. That's the same person that made fun of me for liking Batman in, in middle school. Like that's who that person and is. See, and we literally have come full circle in this amazing conversation. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going to say, like we planned that. man, I hate to run, but I got to go, man. Um, that's right. It's no. me. You right. I mean, I don't want this to be wrapped up because I know we had a, a, a whole bunch of other stuff. We were going to um, talk about NFTs and all this kind of stuff. Well, dude, I, I'm sorry I that do, I got to run. No, you're fine. I know you're busy. So I do want to, I'll text you later about this, but NFTs, I'm going to start personally getting into them a little bit more. And okay. uh, I'd be curious on on uh, on your thoughts on that, as well as I was even thinking about hosting um, a TED Talk and getting a group of people together and talking about exactly what we're talking about, but have speakers like yourself, um, you know, have speakers uh, talking about real estate and just kind of put like a conference yeah. together. And I know you've done a TED Talk before, so um yeah i want to pick your brain on that too so maybe we'll do a separate convo on that but yeah absolutely just to kind of put a shameless plug out there uh a good friend of mine one of my aces daniel gray and myself we um own a nft brokerage firm uh called adept so we are very excited about that and yeah let's continue talking about that because Ooh. nfts is definitely the uh the, the next manifestation of ness uh, creations so, yeah, man, hit me up. We'll talk again. I love it. And quick shout out for people that are just listening. Where can they find you on social media, your website, all that jazz? Man, you can find me at www.official, N as in Nancy, E-H-S as in super.com. That's officialness. And that's everything across the board. That's my TikTok. That's my Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm not really on Twitter, but if you want to follow me, I might jump on there every now and then. Uh, so yeah, check me out. Official Ness. Right on, ladies and gentlemen. EJ, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for making this happen. I know it was a, a challenge today, but I appreciate you, bro. And we'll talk soon. Absolutely, bro. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. Later.